Amen, amen. Well, good morning, everyone. How's everybody doing today? It's good. Good to see you all. Thanks for coming out on a Sunday morning. We know that there are so many places you could be this morning. Um, I mean, you could be at the donut shop or you could be at another church. There's so many good churches around here, and we appreciate you coming here this morning. We, uh, we really do. We thank you so much to, that uh, you would join us this morning in worship. And, man, we got a great service ahead of you. And, um, man, um, my name is Darren Leghorn. If I've never got to meet you before, I'm the lead pastor here at Northern Colorado Cowboy Church. Uh, I was in California last weekend, so um, ministering to our um, satellite church out there called Kingdom Ranch Ministries. Kingdom Ranch, we love you all. Thank you, for, thank you for joining us, and it's such an honor to get to be with you, not only in person, but through the videos that we do here. So you guys are awesome out there. Thank you so much for allowing us to come into your home. And that goes with our Facebook Live family. Thank you for letting us come into your home, and, and we appreciate you guys so much because we got a great service ahead for you. Um, have you all had a good week this week? It's been hot. It's been real hot. I don't like this kind of hot. Anyways, um, apparently the goat heads in my pasture love this kind of hot because they are growing profusely. Um, anyways, uh, well... We're not gonna we're not gonna hold up anymore. Um, I have the opportunity. I, I love this time of year because I, I get this opportunity for this family, the uh, Trey Johnson family, that that comes up here and is a part of us. and And I look forward to it, y'all. I, I look forward to seeing y'all and being with y'all. And um, man, it's such an honor. I got to be with Trey um, in June, wasn't it? June in California. Um, I preached on Sunday. He come in and preached on Monday night, and it was it was good. It was good. I don't care what you say. Then we went to Denny's and ate. <laughs> and so, um, so I've 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 gotten filled on Trey this 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 time, and and I'm ready for him to fill me back up again. So, and I'm ready for him for him to fill you all up. So I'm going to shut up. But here's what I want to do. Trey and Heather and, the, and Chloe and, and Hayes have been a part of our life for, for many years. And, uh, I mean, I met Trey 20, almost 25 years ago, and, and um, we're cut of the same cloth. Our spiritual father is the same, and so that makes us spiritual brothers. And, and I love you, man. I, I love you, and I thank you so much for making time, carving out some time to come here and, and minister to these people. And, um, man, it's so good, so good. So if you all would, would you all give a Cowboy Church welcome to Trey Johnson. I love you. I love you too, Appreciate you so much. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Y'all can be seated. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Am I dangling? My jacket is flapping up like ducktails. Y'all remember that cartoon when we were little ducktails? Ducktails. <laughs> I might be aging or dating myself or whatever. How's everybody doing this morning? Good, good, good. We are a good-looking bunch, you know that? Uh, I want to say hello to Kingdom Trails as well. Miss you guys. Always enjoy getting to come out. Like Pastor Darren said last month, um, I was out doing some leadership development for a corporation out there in uh, Fresno, California, and then I drove over to... 
Merced and got to minister and spend time with pastors. And uh, do y'all realize how blessed y'all are with the pastors you have? I would like you to give your pastors a hand clap. It is, uh, hey, hey, scrap, catch that. Yeah. Um, it is always uh, a learning process for Heather and I as we get to travel, you know, all over the country. We're in every different type of environment and um, church setting and non-church setting. And, and uh, it's always fun to see what are the, the ingredients that, that sets the environment for God to show up and for God to move. And because you realize that every ch- church is not equal, right? Now, I want you to think about what I just said. Now, God loves all of us the same. You know, I, I travel all over the world, and, and I like to work out. Um, and when I go into certain gyms, there's gyms that it's just very nonchalant. They're just happy that you're there. Um, if you get too excited, they'll sound alarms and stuff like that because they don't want you to intimidate anybody. But then I've also been to gyms where that Arnold Schwarzenegger has started. (laughs) And it is very intense. And the people that walk through their doors, they're after results. They have a plan. They have a purpose. They're going there to see things change. And so this is not a church that is just going to church on the way to lunch. We're coming here to grow. We're coming here to lift our thinking, to lift our believing. Can you can you hear this okay, guys? Do I need to move it? If my throat's a little bit uh, uh, tired, I've done a lot of talking. Uh, here lately, yesterday I had a roping clinic over in Cheyenne. And so you spend a day talking nonstop and, and at, at loud volumes, then it, your, your voice just needs a little bit of a, a rest sometimes. But I got strength for my days. We had four except the Lord yesterday. And that was awesome, yeah. We, uh, we got to baptize one. It was just such a precious thing. Last week I was in Monta Vista, Colorado, and we had a school, and we had six except the Lord and got to baptize two uh, at the roping school. And, uh, and then I, I preached, yeah, give God praise. That's just awesome. And then I was at uh, a church over there in Monta Vista that I, I preached a couple of services there. And then at La Vida, Colorado, Sunday night, and then I... I got to sleep a couple of hours in the airport at Denver and left at 5 Monday morning. And we had 10 minutes to spare before we got back to the rodeo to watch Hayes compete. And uh, and then we've been in Oklahoma all week. Left Friday morning and drove up here. And like I said, had the school yesterday. I'll be in Walcott uh, tomorrow preaching. And then the family and I will go to Salt Lake City and uh, be competing over there in Utah this week. And then we'll drive back from Utah to... Uh, Texas, and you talk about cook your biscuits. <laughs> I mean, biscuits are done. You know, people, and I know it's hot. I mean, the sun's intense and stuff up here, but it's just different type of hot when you get to Texas. I mean, it is just, you know, Heather has pegs in the garage that I've got to put my clothes on when I come in from the barn, and now she not only has one of us, but Hayes, Hayes does a good job of getting dirty and sweating outside, and Chloe as well, and so um, it, it's fun. I'm glad our sweat pours work. Amen? Uh, but it's, it's, uh, it's always exciting to be in the house of God. It's always an honor to spend time with you, and, 
and just to see the the helps ministry and every person that's here that's so friendly and kind and you are doing a great job loving on people you know it, it this is an environment where people just feel welcome they feel loved and that's that's what God wants this is his house this is his home how many of you desire for your home to be an environment of peace and love and joy and right well th- this is this is God's house this is of course, we are the house of God, but this is the environment. This is the equipping station um, that we come in here. We're just not coming to make ourselves feel better, to check the box. You know, we're coming to learn. Say, I'm coming to learn. Remember, it's not just information that brings change. It's the application of what we're learning that brings change. And so are you ready to get into the word this morning? Well, when we were in California a month, I guess it's been about a month now, I was driving over to meet Pastor and them, and, and uh, I looked up at the sign at one of the truck stops, and on the sign it, it said diesel six ninety nine, almost $7. And exactly, that's, that's what I did. You know, I, I was thinking, I had this thought, you know, inflation. And on the inside of me, I just heard the Lord say, I want you to inflate your faith. I want my people to inflate their faith. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Inflated faith brings inflated results. Inflated faith brings inflated results. Say that with me. Inflated faith brings inflated results. None of this has caught God by surprise. None of what we're facing is bigger than the God that we serve. So when he's saying he's wanting us to inflate our faith, we know that faith is what pleases God. That faith is the currency in the kingdom of God. If, if anything happens in the kingdom of God, it's going to be by faith and it's going to be through faith. Say it, inflated faith... Brings inflated results. Now, the word inflate, listen to this. The word inflate means to fill, to blow up, to be filled, to increase something by a large or excessive amount, to magnify, to pump up, to boost. I want to read that again. To fill, to blow up, filled, increase something by a large, excessive amount, to magnify, to pump up, or to boost. God is saying, I'm wanting you to fill up your faith. I'm wanting you to boost your faith. I'm wanting you to magnify me to such a degree that your faith is inflated. Inflated faith brings what? Now, now listen to the word deflate. To let the air out. To cause someone to suddenly lose confidence or to feel less important. I want to read it again. To let the air out... To cause someone to suddenly lose confidence or to feel less important. You know, if, if we continually listen to CNN, constant negative news, it will deflate you. If we continually look at fake book, it will deflate you. If we continually listen to all the negativity that's in the world, it will deflate you. And God's heart this morning saying to you and I, Inflated faith will bring inflated results. 
inflated faith, say it again, inflated faith will bring inflated results. Now, as we get into this, I, I want us to, to take a stand in our relationship with God today. That, okay, it's, it's my responsibility to hear. It's my responsibility to give God my best this morning. It's my responsibility to be willing. When I hear something from God's Word, I'm not just going to hear, but I'm going to have the intention of doing. That I will get better today. I will lift my thinking today. I will lift my believing today. I will walk out of here different today because of the goodness of God. Inflated faith brings inflated results. Inflated faith brings what? Romans chapter 4, verses 19 through 21. It says, and not being weak in faith, this is talking about Abraham. He says, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. I want you to think about what he's saying. He stopped looking at his physical body. He stopped looking at his wife who could not produce a baby. He did not consider, he did not... To consider means to think, to look at, to roll over. He did not keep looking at the impossible thing. He didn't keep looking at what couldn't happen. He didn't keep looking at what he couldn't do. He did not consider, but he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised he was also able to perform. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, Pause for a moment. If you were to, to attach or monitor to your, your heart, your belief system, would it be going up and down? Would it be fluctuating? Would it be inflated or would it be deflated? Would we be moved by what we see or are we moved by the Word of God? Inflated faith brings inflated results. And it says that Abraham, our father of faith, he did not waver because he quit considering his natural circumstance and situation. And it says that he became strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, being fully convinced, fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Fully convinced, fully convinced, say it, fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. My God is able also to perform. My God, my God is able also to perform. My God, say it, my God, my God is able also to perform. My God, my God. He's able, said he's able to perform. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12 in the Amplified, it says, Then said the Lord to me, You have seen well, for I am alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. You know, God wants to watch over His work to perform it. God wants to show up in our life. God wants to manifest His goodness on earth just like it is in heaven. He wants to be healer. He wants to be deliverer. He wants to be provider. Remember in Matthew chapter 16 when, when Jesus is talking to the disciples and He says, You know, who do people say that I am? And, and they said, Well, one says you're John the Baptist and one says Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And Jesus says, Well, who do you say that I am? 
Peter says, well, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And, and I want you to picture Jesus standing in front of you and I today and him asking you and I, who do you say that I am? Do you say that I'm just savior or do you say that I'm Lord or do you say that I'm provider or healer or protector or deliverer? Do you say, who do you say that I am? Because whoever you say that he is, is an indicator of really what you believe he is. And if you don't truly believe that he is, you'll never say what he is. But when you begin to say what he is, it'll lift your belief where you truly believe that you believe that you get what I'm saying. Stir it up. That's right. So he wants to watch over his word to perform it in my life. Say it in my life. So when I say take ownership of what God is saying, until I make a decision... In my own life, it'll never become a reality to me. But when I make the decision, if anybody's going to know the heartbeat of God, it's going to be me. Say it, it's going to be me. If anybody's going to know the power of God, it's going to be me. Say it's going to be me. If anybody's going to know the plan and the will of God, it's going to be me. If anybody's going to go after God, it's going to be me. I don't care what I see. I don't care how intense it gets. I don't care how long I have to wait. If anybody's going to walk in the plan of God, His will on earth, just like it is in heaven, it's going to be me. Say it. It's going to be me. And God is saying that He wants to watch over His Word for me. Say it. For me. Numbers 23, verse 19. God is not a man that he should tell or act a lie, neither the son of man that he should feel repentance or compunction for what he has promised. In other words, he don't apologize for what he has promised you. He don't apologize that he's still a, a miracle working God. He doesn't apologize that he wants to restore your life. He doesn't apologize for the gifts and callings that he's placed on the inside of it. He doesn't apologize that he's given you his spirit, his name, his blood, his grace, his mercy. He doesn't apologize that nothing is more powerful than him. He doesn't apologize for that he gave you a promise. He doesn't apologize that he's already said all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen. He does not apologize that he wants to show up on earth. He does not apologize that his word never returns void. He does not apologize that he always answers prayer. He doesn't apologize that he protects you and he assigns angels to you. He does not apologize that he is your God. Don't you apologize for him being your God. Said he does not apologize. So he wants to watch over his word. And he says, I don't apologize for what he's promised. Remember what 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, all the promises of God in him are yes Yes, yes. You know, I might have shared this, but it bears repeating here. Several years ago, I was going through just a lot of difficult stuff in my life, and I, I just felt led. I was supposed to, to watch this movie. That I, would, I would never go watch this movie. I would, it's just not something I would watch. And, and in this movie, all this guy would say is no. No, no. They'd come to him at work. Would you give me a raise? No. We cut my grass? No. Can I take a day off? No, 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 no. Then something happens to this guy. And now all he can say is yes. Will you give me a raise? Yes. Will you cut my grass? Yes. Will you wash my clothes? Yes, 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 yes. And on the inside, the Lord says, Trey, that's the way I respond to you. When it comes to me restoring your life, my answer is yes. 
When it comes to redemption, my answer is yes. When it comes to that dream I placed on the inside of you, my answer is yes. When it comes to providing for all your needs, my answer is yes. When it comes to protecting you, my answer is yes. When it comes to what you're called and created to do, my answer is yes. Regardless of what any circumstance or situation says, my answer to you is yes, if you will believe me. Yes, 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 yes. I don't care if it goes up to $100 a gallon. What is God's promise to you of being your provider? Talk to me. Yes, 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 yes. When we approach the presence of God, we approach the throne of God with His promises, His answer is yes, regardless of what your family says. His answer is yes, regardless of what religion says. His answer is yes, regardless of what the government says. We do realize that our God is bigger than the government, right? His answer to us is what, church? Yes, 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 yes. What is it? Yes. Yes. Inflated faith will bring what? Inflated results. Second Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 3. And it says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting because your faith grows exceedingly and the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other. I want to read it again. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting because your faith grows exceedingly. Your faith grows exceedingly. Your faith grows exceedingly. Faith is a, is a growing process. Faith grows exceedingly. The word exceedingly means extreme degree. In other words, inflated faith brings inflated results that, that our God... See, see, not all preaching is faith. Most churches you go into, they should have a nutritional label on the outside of the door. 20% tradition, 18% fear, 37% unbelief, 2% faith. I know it probably doesn't add up, but you get the picture right there. But this right here, 100% faith. And he says... Your faith grows to an extreme degree. Inflated faith brings what? Inflated results. Inflated faith brings inflated results. See, I realized years ago that out of the goodness of God, God connected me to men and women of God of faith for me to start eating so my faith could grow. When God connected me to Glenn and Ann Smith, he knew what I needed in order for me to fulfill what God has called and created me to do. He knew that if he were to talk to me about what I was doing today, you know, we're reaching close to 550 million people a week around the world right now. And if God would have talked to me, yeah, give God praise. I mean, it's phenomenal what God's doing. Just a, a few months ago, I was in the Dominican Republic with John Maxwell, and I, I, I was teaching the country's government twice a day leadership. I'd be in the Supreme Court in the morning, I'd be at Congress at night, being all different, the political system. I was teaching to deans of colleges, and, and I sit around, and I'm always thinking, okay, God, how, how, because I've always asked this, God, how, how do I know the God of David? How do I know the God of Noah? How do I know the God of Abraham? How does the same God that showed up for Moses show up for me? How do I, not just in church, I don't want to know this religious God that is just about rules and regulations and I want to know the heartbeat of my father. I want to know why he thinks the way he thinks. 
thinks and why promise what he promises? How do I get it from the unseen to the seen? How do I get God to show? Have you ever had that question before? Surely I'm not the only one. And I realized years ago that it's, it's a process. Faith grows exceedingly grows. And so God connected me to Glenn and Ann, and then he connected me to Dr. Savell and Brother Hagin and Brother... Co- the list goes on and on because he knew that I, I wouldn't have had the faith to go back to college when I was putting my, my, my life back together. I wouldn't have had the faith to step out from college and, and minister and travel. And I wouldn't have had the faith to, to quit rodeo and, and to start churches and, and, and to go from no income to $30,000 to six figures to nothing again and to step out and to do what we're doing today if I wouldn't have stayed in the process. You know there's a lot of power and just continuing to show up. That when God has designed this house for you, he's designed ministry gifts, he's designed his word, he's designed his presence. Always remember, now see that thermostat back there, and you know what it's always set on? Grow. God is always preparing the environment with the worship team. Doesn't your worship team do a great job? Man, glory to God. But see, that's a part of the preparation for you, that God built this building for you. He designed the word, what he speaks to pastor, what he speaks to the team, what he's doing here today. He did this for you. You realize that, right? And so when we don't show up in an environment that God has designed for you and I, for our dreams to come alive, our calling to come alive, our destiny to come alive, to hear his voice, to grow, when we're not in this place, we're missing a booster shot of faith. He says, I want you to inflate your faith. I want you to feel your faith. I want you to boost your faith because inflated faith brings inflated results. And he's writing to the church at Thessalonica and he says, I just thank God. I I praise God that I'm watching how your faith is growing exceedingly. Now, let's get real with ourselves for a moment. I've got to ask, am I at the same place that I was five years ago? Am I at the same place that I was 10 years ago? Am I at the same place that I was 15 years ago? Because if I've been saved, born again, I'm in the family of God, and I keep coming to the house of God, and there's no change in my life, then it's not God's fault. It's something I'm doing. See, a transformed believer, stay with me here, transformed believer thinks different than the average churchgoer. A transformed believer believes different than the average churchgoer. A transformed believer expects the presence of God. You come into the house of God, and you expect expect to hear your father. You expect the spirit of God to flow. You expect things to change. You expect the favor of God to show up. You expect to think different, believe different, talk different. Why? Because you're in the process of transformation. A transformed person always is different than a person who goes to church on the way to lunch. Say it, I think different. And he says, I praise God that your faith is growing. Because it isn't just enough to come to church and think, man, Pastor, I mean, he did really good. I mean, uh, he's good. I mean, Pastor Darren and Lynette, they're, they're just good. No, no, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing with what we're learning? God is saying, I want you to fill your faith up. I want you to boost your faith. I'm wanting you to inflate your faith because inflated faith does what? Mark chapter 4. Say, I'm glad I came today. Mark chapter 4, verse 37, 38, 39. And it says, A great windstorm, and the waves beat into the boat. Now Jesus had told the disciples to go to the other side. And while they were going to the other side, a great windstorm, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? 
Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. So I want you to picture this. Remember, we're talking about inflated faith brings inflated results, and, and they had a word to go to the other side, say it, go to the other side. See, most of the time, whenever God tells you to do something, it's not going to be tulips, dandelions, and birds chirping. Chirp, 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 chirp. No, Paul says where there's a great door of opportunity, there's much adversity. But also, where there's a lot of adversity, there's a lot of opportunity. That's why he said that I've given you my faith for you to overcome whatever this world brings your way. That's why he says the joy of the Lord is your strength and the Lord is the strength of your life. That's why he's given us an armor that is detailed for you and I to fight a fight, a good fight of faith, and to win. Say it, and to win. We realize that there's not one ounce of defeat in the God that we serve. There's not one ounce, not one ounce in any cell of his being. There's nothing in the God that we serve that echoes defeat, lose, loss, Killing, stealing, destroying, and you're made in the image and likeness of God. And we have the same DNA on the inside of us. See, when we come into the family of God, Romans 12, 3 says that we're dealt to each one of us a measure of faith. The word measure is a Greek word, matron. It'd be like if we went to your house and you made a pie and you cut each piece up exactly the same and you handed each of us the same amount. That's what happens when we come into the family of God, that we're all dealt the same measure of faith. But it doesn't stop there. Faith grows and comes by hearing, Romans ten seventeen. Faith comes by hearing. How does it come? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. But faith is not just hearing. Faith is also doing. It's kind of like two sides of a coin. You got heads and you got tails. Well, in faith, you've got faith that comes by hearing, but faith is also doing the other side of the coin. Faith comes by hearing, but faith is also believing. So am I just hearing or am I truly walking in faith which is doing? And right here, the disciples, they were told to go to the other side, and this big storm raises up. Now, these are, these are professional fishermen. I want you to think of what's taking place here. These guys, they grew up on the sea. I mean, they had seen some storms throughout their days. You know, I know as a, as a young boy, the first colt that I, I broke, you know, I was five years old. And I'm thinking, okay, what was my dad and grandpa and them doing? But anyway, that was my story. And it used, I mean, it almost made me mess my pants a couple of times whenever a horse would act up or something. And now 40 odd years later in the process, there's not many storms that are going to cause me to get alarmed. Why? Because I've gone through a lot of storms and, and it takes a lot to stir me up because you know what arises when the storm arises? Some dominion and authority rises up on the inside of me when the storm arises and I know that I'm going to get to the other side and I win. And so these seamen, they're not average, they're not pansies, they're not like a lot of Christians uh, today. Now you, of course, I mean, they have some gumption about them. They have some fight about them. They have some tenacity about them. They had heard Jesus preach sometimes six hours a day. You think I preach long. And they would hear and they'd listen and they saw him take the fish and the loaves and multiply it. And they'd, they'd seen him teach on seed and, and the different grounds. And they'd seen miracles and signs. And so they're going and this storm. Now, now think about it. There's a storm. So there's no light. There's no moon. There's no stars. It's just black. And they're in this boat and they're starting to feel the water around their ankles. They're feeling the waves beat up against the boat. You ever felt like life is just beating you up against the way you think and beating you up against the way you 
you believe and beating up against your family. And they're sitting there and it gets to the point that now it's not just at their ankles, but it's at their knees. And now they're feeling, okay, I don't know if I'm going to come back from this. You ever felt like that? I don't know how I'm going to get to the other side of this. The doctor said this and I feel like this. And this is what it looks like in the natural. And you know what God is saying? My word is still, you get to the other side. You hear me? You get to the other side. I've given you my name. Get to the other side. I've given you my armor. Get to the other side. I've given you my blood. Get to the other side. Say it. Get to the other side. And it says this great, the word great comes from a Greek word, megas, where we get our word mega. This mega storm arose and the waves beat into the boat till it was already filling, but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow and they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care? That were perishing. And then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, He rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. He rebuked the wind. Notice he dealt with the things that were influencing behind the scene. He just didn't go right to the sea, he went to the influence behind the sea. See, the sea was what was trying to take them out, but he knew that wasn't where I start. I got to go to the root of the matter before there's ever peace be still. And a lot of times the devil isn't just attacking the fruit. A lot of time is just a manifestation of the root. And it's important that we learn to deal with the root, that we take dominion and authority over the demonic spirits assigned to kill, steal, and destroy. And then we speak peace be still. How could he speak to the storm? Notice that Jesus wasn't wondering whether this was his father trying to teach him a lesson. Notice he didn't sit there and think, okay, is this God or is this the devil? Or, you know, could be my time. (laughs) Could be my time. Maybe this is God's will. We can never walk in our dominion and authority wavering. See... This was their sphere of influence. I want you to think with me. This is very important because a lot of times, why don't we see more manifestations of the power of God? A lot of times because we're not walking in our sphere of influence. We're not walking in what we're called to do. We're not going where we're called to go. But we want to see the manifestations on our terms and not God's terms. The gift that you have, there's dominion and authority attached to the gift that you have. The area you're called to, you're called to walk into that territory and take dominion and authority all for the glory of God. I don't come to your house and have dominion and authority. I can come together in agreement with you, but I don't come to your house and name your dog. I don't come to your house and name your kids. Why? That is not my sphere of influence. And you're not going to come to my house and name my kid or my dogs or dog. Or I'd have to ask my wife. Her dog's name is Joy. And that is the dog, that's the family mascot, Joy. But I want you to think with me. He rebuked the wind. And he said, peace be still. There's times that you and I, we need to speak peace to the turbulence in our life. Realizing that anything that steals, kills, and destroys, it is not of my Father. And I have dominion and authority over it in my life. Peace be still. You need to practice that. Say it. Peace be still. Peace be still. And then, and then notice what he says in verse 40. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? He said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? No, notice he didn't say, 
Guys, don't try this at home. Don't you do it. I, I'm glad you woke me up because you were going down. I mean, there's no way that you could have made it without me because I'm Jesus and you're you. Notice he didn't say, I did this because I'm the son of God. He says, why are you so fearful? Where's your faith? In other words, you've heard me teach on faith. You've traveled with me for a certain amount of time. You've come to church. You've had the strategies. Why are you so fearful? You have the word that never returns void. Why are you so fearful? God has shown up for us time and time again. Why are you so fearful? Where's your faith? In other words, what did you do with your faith? Where's your faith? You should have stood up and rebuked the wind and said, peace be still. And a lot of times we're begging God to show up and God is wanting you and I to take our dominion and authority and rebuke the wind and speak peace be still. Say it, peace be still. Why are you so fearful? In other words, he was saying, I want you to realize faith is a choice. Say it, faith is a choice. This is a game changer right here. Faith is a choice. Say it, faith is a choice. I have a choice of whether I'm going to be fearful or I'm going to be full of faith. I have a choice of what I look at and what I don't look at. Do this with me. Everybody turn and look behind you. Turn and look behind you. Everybody turn around and look behind you. All right, keep looking, keep looking, keep looking. Hey, can you see me? Can you keep looking back there? Can you see me? Can you see me? Come on, can you see me? Okay, turn around. I was right here. Why why, why couldn't you see me? Because you're looking the wrong way. How many times in our life has God been right here, but because we're looking another way, we don't see him? And right here he's saying, why are you so fearful? Where's your faith? God is saying, I want you to inflate your faith, because inflated faith brings what? Inflated results. Matthew chapter 6. Faith, it's a choice. Say it, it's a choice. Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 and 23. And he says, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. If your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? I'm going to read it again. The lamp of the body is the eye. If, say if, therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. He's saying, I want you to inflate your faith. Because inflated faith brings inflated results, but whether your faith is inflated or deflated is going to be determined by what you see. Are you looking at the answer or are you looking at the problem? Are you looking at the doctor's report or are you looking at Jesus' report? Are you looking at the bank statement or are you looking at the government? Or are you looking at the government, the kingdom of Almighty God? He says, if your eye is single, if your eye is looking correctly, you're going to be full of light. But if your eye is looking at the wrong thing, you're going to be full of darkness. Keep going. This all goes together. Verse 24 and 25. No one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. Say it, do not worry about your life. 
What you will eat, what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Notice what he said. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. And sometimes we hear so, scripture so much that we kind of, we, we water it down. It's kind of like Pastor Darren was saying, we don't stir. We have the powder in there. We have the ingredients in there, but it's settled. And we, oh, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, don't worry about my life. Okay, okay, okay. What's the response if Jesus were standing right in front of you and I and he says, do not worry? What would most of our response be? Well, I'll try. I'll try not to worry. I mean, you know Aunt Boo Boo and Uncle Ding Dong. I mean, that's for you, Rhett. They're always running their mouth. I mean, there's not going to be one time that we start to explain to the Lord. Well, Lord, you know, I mean, you know, you know the family that I was raised in. I mean, come on, come on. And he'll say, you know, you're right. I don't know what I was thinking. I mean, I would worry if I was you. (laughs) (laughs) No, Jesus said, do not worry about your life. Now, this is serious because every one of us have been tempted to worry. You're tempted, you're looking at the diesel prices, you're looking at the gas prices, you're looking at inflation, you're looking, you're hearing this, you're seeing this. I was, I was, I, I, if I could have had the time, and I should have just asked the creative team to do this. I was wanting to get, you know, when I see inflate, I think of like the, the, the little, the tube, the inflate, the bicycle tube, you know, the valve that comes up. And I wanted to stick a valve right here between my eyes and have valves sticking out my ears and have a big valve right here out my mouth. Because in order to inflate my faith, it's going to have to do with what I see, what I hear, and what I say. But also, if I'm going to get deflated, it's going to have to do with what I see, what I hear, and what I say. And God is saying, I want you to inflate your faith because inflated faith brings inflated results. God is saying, I'm wanting to watch over my word to perform it. I'm wanting my word not to return void. Inflated faith brings inflated results. Every one of us, we have what it takes to be who God's called and created us to be. We have what it takes to overcome the situations that we're facing. We have what it takes. We have the Spirit of God. God, the nature of God, the life of God is on the inside of us. It's not some religion. It's not the spirit of Buddha. It's not the spirit of Muhammad. It's not the spirit of Harry Krishna, whoever Harry is. It's the spirit of Almighty God in us. It's in us. And Jesus says, do not worry. Do not worry. Say it, do not worry. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. How you're going to pay the light bill, the utility bill, the clothes, the kids' tuition. Do not worry. Say, do not worry. worry. He goes on in verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Look, Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Are you not of more value than a bird? I encourage you on your way home, I want you to just to look up, find, find a group of birds. You're not going to look up there and see this bird and he's rocking back and forth and sweat's pouring down him and his feathers are ruffled and he's there thinking, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? I don't know where my next worm's coming from. I don't know. I don't know. And argh, he falls off backwards. We're smarter than birds, right? Say it, I'm smarter than a bird. 
Now, I want you to think of being smarter than a bird. You know, and at, when birds are up north, whenever wintertime comes, nobody holds up a sign, time to go south. Nobody gets the bullhorn, time to go south. No, 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 no. What do they do? They listen. This is very important. They listen to what the one who created them put in them. And when they listen to their nature, it's going to lead them to the place that they're designed to be. And we're smarter than a bird. Say it, I'm smarter than a bird. I know that's revelation for some of you. (laughs) So if a bird knows where to be, and if he'll listen on the inside, it's going to lead him to provision. It's going to lead him to protection. It's going to lead him to the right place. It's going to lead him to the right pond to get some nutrients. And we're smarter than a bird. Say it, I'm smarter than a bird. And Jesus says, okay, this is what I want you to do. Next time you have the opportunity to worry, I want you to look at the birds. Say it, look at the birds. And he says, aren't you more valuable than the birds? Birds don't operate by the same laws of seed time and harvest. He says, they don't sow or reap. They don't gather into barns. Look at the birds. Say it, look at the birds. I'm smarter than a bird, say it. Verse 27, And which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Verse 28, And and why do you worry about clothing? So he says, if worry doesn't add anything to your life, why do you do it? If worry's not helping you, why do you do it? Look at your neighbor and say, why do you do it? I know we have all kinds of excuses. Well, you know, my mama worried, my daddy worried, and, you know, if I don't worry, then I'm not, they're going to think I don't love them and I don't care for them. You know, there's a fine line. It's good that you care about your family, that you want to pay your bills, that you want to protect and provide, but there's a fine line where you cross from just being responsible to being fearful. And we've got to learn ourselves enough when you get too close to that line. He's saying, go back and think about what you're looking at. Because if you're looking at the right thing, your body's going to be full of light. But if you're looking at the wrong thing, your body's going to be full of darkness. You can't serve what looking at this and looking at that and looking at this and looking at that. You can't serve two masters. He says, you'll love the one and hate the other. You'll be loyal to the one or despise the other. He says, don't worry. Don't worry. Then he says, worry, it doesn't add anything. How many of you have gotten your bills paid because you worried? Come on, put your hand up. How many of you have seen the manifestation of God because you worry? He says, so why, why do you worry? Now, I hear what you're thinking. Well, you just don't understand. <laughs> I'll leave that right there. Don't take my word for it. Take Jesus' word for it. Let's keep going. Verse 20. Why do you worry about clothing? So if you didn't learn from the birds, listen to what he says. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toll nor spin. Consider the 
the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Verse 30. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O little, you of little faith? Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? He says, okay, if you're having an opportunity to worry, look at the birds. Say, look at the birds. He says, if you're having an opportunity to worry, look at the fields. Say, look at the fields. I mean, you think about whether, regardless, rain is coming. And he will clothe the fields and he will clothe the trees and he will make sure that there are birds where they need to be and butterflies where they need to be. I mean, that's the bigness of our God. He says, just consider what is going on. And I know you are a sharp dresser, but you're nothing compared to what God does to the lilies of the field. And he says right here, he will clothe you more, O you of little faith. So he's letting us know, now, now this is very important, he's letting us know that where worry starts, faith stops. Where worry starts, faith stops. Now every one of us have the opportunity to worry. But what are we going to do? We're going to look at the birds. What are we going to do? We're going to consider the lilies of the field. He says, aren't you more valuable than they say I'm more valuable? He says, won't he clothe you much more, O you of little faith? See, little faith is an indicator of much worry. Throughout the Bible, you hear no faith, you hear little faith, you see great faith. And right here he's saying, if there's a lot of worry, that means there's a little faith. But if you inflate your faith, it'll push the worry out. So he says, don't worry about what you're going to wear, what you're going to drink, where you're going to live, how you're going to pay for that. Don't you worry. Say it, don't you worry. Say it again, don't you worry. Verse 31, therefore do not worry, saying, what's an indication of that you're worrying? Listen to your self-talk. Well, Margaret, I don't know how. I don't know how we're going to pay for that. He says, don't you worry, saying... Saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to... Saying, so when you have the opportunity to worry, if you'll go back, what comes out of my mouth has to do with what I've been looking at. Because what I'm looking at, it gets down into my heart and either inflates me or deflates me. And God's Word is designed to inflate me. Inflated faith brings inflated results. So He says, don't worry. You're going to have the opportunity to worry, but don't worry. Say it, don't worry. He goes on to say in verse 32, For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Our heavenly Father knows where we're living and what's going on. He knows. Say it. He knows. He knows what we're facing and we're equipped to win. He knows what the economy's doing and we're equipped to win. He knows the doctor's report and we're equipped to win. He knows. My father knows. He knows. Say it. He knows. So he says, don't worry. Why? Because my father knows. Don't worry. Why? Because my father's already provided. Don't worry. Why? Because he's still the healer today as he was yesterday and he'll be forever. Don't worry. Why? Because he's my protector. Don't worry. Why? Because he's assigned angels to me. Don't worry. Why? Do not worry. Why? He says, if you'll inflate your faith. 
by what you're looking at, by what you're hearing, by what you're saying. Remember the little tube coming out the mouth and between the eyes and the ears? Inflated faith does what? And those of you who are still sitting there, and I can hear you saying, well, you just don't understand. Faith is a choice. You can choose to get your tail kicked or you can choose to win. You can choose to be full of anxiety or you can choose to be in faith. You can choose what you look at. You can choose what you hear. You can choose what you say. You can choose how you act. You know something that's so freeing. I don't have to act the way that I feel. I might feel the fear, but I don't have to act afraid. I might fear like, feel like all hell is breaking loose, but I don't have to act like all hell is breaking loose. I might feel like I'll never win, but I don't have to act like I'll never win. Faith is a choice. I choose what I think, what I believe, what I expect, what I say. I choose, you choose, we choose. Faith is a choice. And he's saying, don't you worry. This isn't just some little patty cake, you know, a little letter that he hands us. You know, happy Valentine's Day. If you think about it, don't worry. <laughs> oh, we got to think of how, how, am I, how, am I, how am I hearing these scriptures? Am I, am I just looking at God as some sc- Sunday school figure? Or am I taking ownership? I've got a choice today. Yeah, the fact is this, but the truth says this. I have a choice. I do this all the time, and I'll, I'll read something, I'm praying about something, and I'll ask, okay, if I truly believe this, how am I going to think? If I truly believe this, how am I going to believe? If I truly believe this, when I get up from here, how am I going to act? Because faith acts differently. Remember, a transformed believer thinks different. They believe different. They talk different. They expect different. They walk different. Their attitude is different. Say they're different. Look at your neighbor and say, I knew you are different. <laughs> Verse 33, but he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Why was he saying seek him first and not second, third, fourth? Seek him first because inflated faith brings inflated results. So how do I inflate my faith? By what I see, what I hear, what I talk about. Am I truly putting him first? Because if he, whatever's first in my life is what I'm drawing from. So social media is first in my life, that's what I'm drawing from. If the news is first in my life, that's what I'm drawing from. If my feet hit the floor and I'm always thinking about what I don't have, what I can't do, where I can't go, no, 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 you with me? That's what I'm drawing from. But if I get up and I put him first, say it, put him first. I get up and I put him first. I'm positioning myself to hear the voice of a good shepherd and the voice of a stranger I will not follow. When I put it in first, I'm positioning myself to look correctly because when I look correctly, my body's going to be full of light. When I put him first, I'm going to hear correctly because his voice is going to be the first thing that I hear. When I begin to, to talk to him, I'm going to begin to say what he says. I'm going to begin to think what he thinks. I'm going to begin to believe what he believes. I'm going to begin to expect what he expects. That's how his will gets done on earth, just like it is in heaven. He said, I'm wanting you, my kids, my church, my family, inflate your faith so I can bring inflated results. Inflate your faith. Inflate your faith. He says, okay, so that area that there's worry, remember, where worry starts, faith stops. But he says, you have a choice, don't you worry. Don't you worry. John chapter 14, verses 1. Right, you can go ahead and make your way on up here. And it says, let not your heart... Be troubled. Whose responsibility is it 
whether your heart's troubled or whether it's not. I love Heather, but she can't determine whether my heart's not troubled or not. Let not your heart be troubled. He says, you believe in God, believe also in me. Verse 27, John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Who is in charge of your heart? Who's in charge of your thoughts? Who's in charge of what you see? Who's in charge of what you hear? Who's in charge of what you say? We are, right? Remember, faith is a what? Faith is a choice. And God is saying, I want you to inflate your faith to bring inflated results. So when my faith is inflated, I'm not going to let my heart be afraid. I'm not going to let my heart be troubled. I'm not going to allow worry and anxiety and fear to consume me because where that starts, my faith stops. If I have high worry, little faith. Great faith pushes out worry, pushes out fear. Remember, perfected love cast out all fear. Look at your neighbor and say, don't you worry. Look at your other neighbor and say, you're smarter than a bird. <laughs> telling you, the spirit of revelation is so strong in here. <laughs> don't let your heart be troubled. You know, God knows exactly what each and every one of us are going through. And he says, your father knows. He knows what you have need of. And in his presence, you know, we sang the song earlier, what we need is Jesus. You know, that's not a cliche. We make it a cliche a lot of times. Uh, We told the kids before, Heather and I, that, you know, yeah, we can leave you money and houses, all this type of stuff. And that stuff is no good if you don't know how to get in the presence of God. But if a person knows how to get in the presence of God, It doesn't matter what hell this world throws your way. You will come out with not a smell of smoke. Why? Because you're a child of the Most High God. Ephesians 5.1 says, Be imitators of God as dear children. Well, how, how does God think? God thinks when? How does God believe God believes when? How would God approach this situation? His Spirit's in you. His Word. He's given us His Word. He's given us His name. He's given us His blood. And he expects you and I to rise up and realize, okay, inflated faith brings inflated results. And it's my responsibility to inflate my faith. Would you make a decision today? You're going to inflate your faith. Would you make a decision today? You're going to have to choose what you look at, what you hear, what you say, who you hang out with. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes? And God wants to be God. He wants to be all God to every one of us. He wants to be restorer, healer, protector, guider, director, comforter, strengthener, counselor, standby. That's who He is. His Spirit, His presence is here right now. And He's he's breathing into your heart. He's breathing into your mind. His Word is not returning void. And he's wanting you to inflate your faith. He's wanting you to trust him as Lord and Savior. 
He's wanting you to trust him as healer, provider, protector, deliverer. Inflate your faith. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I want you to think the starting point of inflating our faith is connecting to the one who gives us the faith, connecting to the one who inflates our faith. When you look into your heart, can every person at the sound of my voice, can you recall a moment or time in your life when you yourself called upon the name of Jesus? Can you recall it? Recall it right now. Maybe it's at a, a church. Maybe it's at a hotel room, driving down the road. Whatever your story is, can you recall it? If you can't recall the moment where you settled where you're going to spend eternity... See, the Bible says a person that has Jesus, they know that they have eternal life. They don't guess. They don't wish. They don't hope. They know. Do you have that knowing? If you were standing before God, are you 100% confident that you're a child of God and you'll spend eternity with God because of what you did with Jesus? Can you recall the moment when you called upon the name of Jesus? Not your mom, not your dad, not Aunt Boo Boo. You. Remember, faith is a choice. And if you can't recall that moment, would you make right now that moment? You say, how? How can I make right now that moment? It's very simple. All of us as friends and family, we're going to pray a very simple prayer together. And as we pray this prayer, I want you to believe these words in your heart. I want you to declare these words with your mouth like your eternal destiny depends upon it because it does. And according to God's word, right where you're sitting or standing, you receive eternal life and you come from the family of darkness into the family of Jesus Christ. And from this day forward, you can be certain, certain that you'll spend eternity with Almighty God. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Can we pray this prayer together? And those of you who are doing it for the first time, you pray it like your eternal destiny depends upon it because it does. Can we pray this? Can we say, Father God, today is the day. That I make the decision to believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. And I declare with my mouth, Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. And according to God's word, I am forgiven. I am cleansed. And I'm a new creature. I'm saved. I can be certain that I'll spend eternity with Almighty God. Now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time in your life, and you meant it, you meant it, on the count of three, I want you just to slip your hand up in the air and say, yes, I prayed it, I said it, I believed it, and I meant it, I settled it for the very first time in my life. Are you ready? One, two, three. Would you just slip your hand up? God sees these two hands here. God sees that hand there. Hold them up for a sec. This hand here, that one there, that one there, that one there, that one over there, this one here, that one right over there in the back, this one back here. Hold them up just for a sec. Thank you, Father. Now, look, you can put your hands down. Stay in this attitude of prayer. There's individuals here that you don't feel worthy. You don't feel like God wants you. And I'm here to tell you, you're worthy. And I'm here to tell you, God wants you. And I'm here to tell you that he already, he already, his thoughts are so many towards you. They're more than the grains of sand on the sea. That just because maybe you've had a detour, his plan for your life has not changed. 
Your purpose has not changed. The vision for your life has not changed. You're still wired for purpose. You're still designed for purpose. His blood is still in the cleansing business right here, right now. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. Heads about eyes closed. If that was you, you were the ones, the ones uh, that you're sitting out there, didn't feel wanted, didn't feel worthy. I want you to put your hand up in there. I want to pray for you. God sees that hand, that hand's all over the place. Now put your hands down. I want you to say this with me. Father God, I ask you to show me how valuable I am to you, how loved I am by you. And Father, I receive your love. And I make a decision today that I'll start saying about myself what you say. And you say I am valuable. You say I am worthy. You say I am loved. Father, thank you for believing in me. Thank you for restoring my life. Thank you for redemption. You're worthy. Now there's an individual here that you've you've gotten a report of cancerous cells in your mouth. In your mouth. Whoever that is, would you just slip your hand up in the air and keep your heads bowed? Whoever that is, cancerous cells in the mouth. Hmm. Cancerous cells in the mouth. Agree with me. I want you just to place your hand upon your mouth. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I curse cancerous cells in the mouth. Cancerous cells, I command you to die right now in the name that is above every name, the name that is above cancerous cells, I command you to dissipate in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name, and I release the healing anointing of Jesus Christ to flow mightily into the gum line, into the cheeks, into the cells, that the same power that raised Christ from the dead quickens their gum line, quickens their cells. I just declare that they are free from cancer right now in the name of Jesus. Esophagus, there's, there's an esophagus here that your esophagus has been damaged and the presence of God is here to take care of that esophagus. Whoever that is, place, place your hand upon your esophagus right where you're sitting or standing. Your esophagus right there. There's several of you. I see your hands going to your esophagus. Right now, in the name of Jesus, you listen to me, esophagus. You were created by Almighty God. And I that what I made, I will create. And from this moment forward, the healing power of God is saturating that esophagus from the inside out. Make it new, Father. Make it whole, Father. Right now, whatever caused the damage, whatever brought destruction, I reverse it right now in the name of Jesus. And I release the creative, miracle-working power of God into that esophagus right now. Now, I want you just to take a deep breath. As a family, take a deep breath. Now I want you to swallow. Esophaguses are being made whole in the name of Jesus. When I when I took a deep breath, there's lungs here. 
lungs that have been damaged, lungs that have been been hindered. You, your breathing has been off for whatever reason. Maybe it's smoking. Maybe it's from COVID. May, your, your lungs, you, your breathing has been hindered. Who is that? Just just raise your hand if that's you. There, there's hands all over the place. I want you just to, just to place your hand upon your stomach. Now, lungs, you listen to me. You're created by Almighty God. And from the top of you to the bottom of you, I command you to submit to the anointing of God and whatever has caused the limitation. I take the limits off now in the name that is above every name. And I send the word of God forth into those lungs. You already sent your word and healed every manner of sickness, every manner of disease. Whatever caused it, man-made, self-inflicted, just the curse... We are redeemed from the curse and we release the blessing into those lungs right now. Now just take a deep breath. Now just breathe out. Take a deep breath and breathe out. And take a deep breath and breathe out. And I want you to declare, I receive my healing now. I receive wholeness now. Lungs from this point forward, this point forward, you will function the way you're created to function in the mighty name of Jesus. And Father, we worship you for this right now. We worship you. Just lift your hands and just say, Father, we worship you for this. As a family, let's lift our hands. Father, we worship you for this right now. We take our healing right now. We take healing in eyes right now. Healing in ears right now. Healing in lungs right now. Healing in esophaguses is right now. You are the God who heals. That's who you are. And Father, we just received this word. We declared sealed into our heart by the Holy Spirit. Inflated faith brings inflated results. Look up at me. Inflated faith does what? It brings inflated results. Inflated faith brings inflated results. Let's keep positioning ourselves in the presence of God to inflate our faith by what we look at. Let worry know you don't own me. I refuse to worry. Said I will not worry. I'm going to look at the birds. I'm going to look at the fields. I will not worry. I will keep him first. And he promises all things are added unto me. As for me and my family... We're going to eat. As for me and my family, we're going to make it. As for me and this church, we're going to, we're going to make it. Inflated faith brings inflated results. Did you get something out of the word today? Can we give God a praise? Who do I turn this back over to, Pastor? Alex, come on up here, Alex. Would y'all give Alex a hand? Is she beautiful? She's doing a great job. Don't forget at the end of service, whenever dismissed, Hayes, Chloe, would y'all go ahead and make your way back to the product table? We got t-shirts, we got caps, we got teaching CDs, magazines, plenty of ways to add to your life. Don't forget to sign up for the daily devotionals. We got podcasts, the YouTube channels, the TV show. If you're not recording, I mean, you can get a double dose. You can record our show early in the morning. Come and hear your pastors here. Let's keep inflating our faith and let's walk in inflated results. Amen. God bless y'all. Thank you for letting us be here.